your Houston Astros are going to the World Woo-hoo! Series. Astros World Series bound. Al Pennix. Uh, yeah, RG. He could. He's either drunk right now, or he's. Uh, he might be on his fourth or fifth shirt. The other one's probably drenched in sweat because we're recording this right after the game. What is it, RG? Well, are you out, out there in your uh, Josh Reddick underoos, the All-American underoos? Are you doing that again this time, celebrating, popping open champagne? I feel like we knew it all along, right? We The Astros had this one after that game. Astros four. all the way. <laughs> You're the guy that basically was texting and on Houston Sports Talk. It's like, uh, thanks for a great season, Astros. So I guess keep that up. Yeah, it's the old double jinx. Ask, ask Bill Simmons about that. You got to know about the old double jinx. Yeah, Bill Simmons actually had the, uh, oh, great. It's another Los Angeles Dodgers, New York Yankees World Series. Hey, I'm just really ecstatic. You know, we both grew up in Houston. Th- these are the moments that we haven't had too many of them in our history. The 94, 95 Rockets, the 2005 Houston Astros finally winning the pennant there. Maybe the love you blue days, if you can remember that and getting to the championship game and just coming up, but everybody filling up the dome and going to kick that door down. I mean, these are the times that you're this is why you're a sports fan. These are the moments. And it was just absolutely great. And just the way the Astros won it, too. They came out. They stomped on the throat uh, of the Yankees, one of the greatest organizations in all of sport around the world. Everybody knows the New York Yankees. The most uh, World Series, uh, of course, with their 27 titles, and they've been in 40 World Series, and they're baseball's greatest organization, but they're one of the greatest organizations in sport. So to have this path where you beat the Boston Red Sox, and then you beat the New York Yankees, you win American League pennant, ball club has now won a National League pennant in 2005, American League pennant in 2007, and we're going to the World Series, Houston Astros. Get excited, Houston. Yeah, you just mentioned it. I mean, that's the cool thing is it just besides going to the World Series, you beat two of the top three teams in payroll. If you look at payroll in Major League Baseball, and it's not a level field in baseball like the other sports. Let's be honest. And now you're playing the best one, too, with the Dodgers. That's exactly right. The one, two and three. The Astros could be one, two, three in payroll. And the Astros are the 18th highest payroll in the Major League. So I want to start off, RG, by just saying... You and I have been through a lot of versions of Houston teams over the years, and I've never wanted a team to win this badly because we got to know these guys. You and I, RG, have met George Springer right around the time he got called up to the big leagues and Lance McCullers and Carlos Correa and and these homegrown guys especially. Jose Altuve, yeah. we've, We've had them on for interviews. We've talked to them. They're really great guys, and yeah, I, I mean, I know covering the 2004-05 teams, too, there were a lot of, uh, because it was Phil Garner coming back to the Astros, a former Astro. You had Lance Berkman, who had gone to Rice. You had Biggio and Bagwell. That was special, too, but this team, I mean, especially with everything that's happened in Houston this year with Hurricane Harvey, let's not forget, a lot of people are still without their homes. They lost everything. what the communities had to undergo over the last few weeks. And the Astros have been really special. We haven't even mentioned uh, Justin Verlander yet. And uh, I mean, that guy coming over uh, two seconds left and basically without Justin Verlander, the Astros aren't in the world series. What, what Dallas Keuchel said in that clubhouse after the July 31st grading deadline, when he was making his 
you know, plea kind of almost to ownership that what did you do here? You know, this is how great teams become legendary. You make a move. And that was a that's how a great team, I mean, a really good team in the season became legendary. This is a legendary team now for Houston. I don't care what happens from this point on. There haven't been many World Series teams in Houston, only two, 2005, 2017. They won a pennant. That's a huge deal in baseball still, just to even get to the World Series. So they are a legendary team now. We'll always remember this team. And I mean, I hope they cap it off, win a World Series. But that was what Dallas Keuchel was talking about. And Justin Verlander, simply phenomenal, the MVP of the American League Championship Series. You said it, RG, seven or eight weeks ago, the city of Houston was under about four or five feet of water at the minimum in most places. A lot of places it was more than that. Lance McCullers, one of the first phrases out of his mouth in the postgame interview was, this city, they deserve this. And he made sure that was right at the top of the things that he was going to say. And like I said, we've met these guys, RG, two years ago when Lance got called up, I talked to him in the Astros clubhouse about being a Jesuit graduate. And and he's a Jesuit graduate like you and I are. We're out of Houston. He went to Tampa Jesuit. It's something that it's, it's it's a cool experience because you're required to give back to the community as part of that experience. And you can't graduate without hundreds of hours of community service. Lance talked to me about how he worked with special needs kids, how it changed his life. It changed his, the way he looked at baseball. It, it was then that I fell in love with the, this guy. If you go back to our Astros Players Special Part 2, you can hear a piece of that interview. It's right near the top. It's at the 425 mark where he talks about that. But RG, I was so confident with Lance McCullers on the mound. I think he's still throwing curveballs. He's probably got about 90 more of them before he goes to sleep tonight. 28 straight curveballs before he finished the game. And Lance McCullers, without what he did to end this game, knowing what you had in the bullpen, knowing all the struggles that the bullpen had throughout the playoffs, Lance McCullers just came up so big, and we didn't even know what we were going to get from him going into the playoffs. Uh, Lance McCullers was sensational, like you said, those final four innings. But let's not forget, Charlie Morton started this game, pitched five scoreless innings. He was also great. And I don't think anybody, if you had said, uh, what's the, this going to be? I, I Our good friend of the show, Allison Footer, and yeah, you know how these things can go. Before the game, she wrote on Twitter, it's probably going to be a 9-7 to seven game, the way that both of these teams are going to use the pitching staffs. And I agree with her. I mean, I you, everybody, you probably thought, you can get like two or three innings from Charlie Morton. Maybe he gives up a run or two. Then you go to the bullpen. How can you patch it together? You know, just what team is going to actually survive there? You're going to have to have a lot of offense. But I mean, this, I mean, you couldn't have dreamed it up any better to have Charlie Morton pitch those five scoreless innings. And then, like you said, Lance McCullers come in with that wicked curve. I say the wicked curve, like I'm uh, Ben Affleck on Matt Damon, but wicked curve. Uh, you know, coming in, being able to throw that and, yeah, close out a team. Because the Astros, they have a suspect bullpen. We know that. And, you know, to, to, again, to have him come in there, pitch those innings and not have to go to somebody. I mean, I saw Will Harris warming up in the bullpen. I, I'm sure that gave you severe heartburn, knowing his history in the postseason. And then, you know, thinking about, well, do you put in Peacock? I mean, he would he's not been as effective in the postseason, but he would probably be the logical choice. Do you, do you go to Ken Giles, who pitched a lot of pitches because of, he had to close out game six? 
you know, maybe he could give you an inning tonight, but you still would want to have more, more you know, a, more, a, a very comfortable lead there if you're putting in Giles because he can make you nervous there in the ninth. So, I mean, there were just not too many options. And Chris Davinsky, it just looked like A.J. Hinch wasn't going to go to him. He didn't even have him warming up. You know, Joe Musgrove. These are guys that are going to still be needed in the World Series now. But, you know, you're going to have to at least now you know that you have this weapon, too, with Lance McCullers. And I mean, we'll talk about the World Series more. But to me, the big story was that Charlie Morton outdueled CC Sabathia. Kept seeing CC Sabathia. I mean, he was the big pitcher in 2009 when the Yankees won the World Series. CC Sabathia knows how to pitch. He's like a Justin Verlander. He doesn't have the same fastball anymore, but he just has that, you know, that cutter. He has the changeup. He knows how to pitch in and out, work the zone. It's CC Sabathia, and instead he's outdueled by Charlie Morton. I, I, I just think we have to give kudos to that guy too. Yeah, you might have to back off the mic a little bit, RG. I know you're going to be excited this podcast, and I know <laughs> I can hear it, you jumping through the mic. So just just to be a little wary of that, but. Charlie Morton, I, I said on Twitter, his OPS was in the 800s or something against, or, or might have been more than that, against uh, the Yankees in, in, in this lineup. And then you look at Lance McCullers, and I thought, well, you know, McCullers is the guy because his OPS was in the 500s. But the interesting thing about McCullers is, or, uh, I'm sorry, the interesting thing about Charlie Morton is the fact that Charlie Morton grew up a Yankee fan. This was a guy as a kid, you know, he, he wanted to be a Yankee. And so, you know, here he is going up against that team. I thought either he's going to be overwhelmed by the moment going up against the Yankees in a game seven, or he's going to step up to the moment because it, it it's out of a script. You know, the Charlie Morton thing is out of a script. And actually, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of our game three post game, RG, you remember this. I said, Charlie Morton got rotten, rotten luck in that game. It was bloop singles. It was, you know, uh, just crazy bad luck. Well, how your favorite was that Todd Frazier flicking the ball over the fence for a three-run homer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the, the coup de grace of the whole thing where, the you know, the, the cork bat Todd Frazier home run or whatever that thing was that he hit. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie Morton, yeah, that's it's an amazing thing. And, and you're actually thinking – Geez, do, do I think they should have taken Charlie Morton out right here? I mean, he has pitched pretty well after five innings. All he's doing is throwing strikes and getting guys out. He, he was like a rough fifth inning, and I, I, see, I saw it coming. But at the same time, I thought, well, you know, I, do you mess with this? I mean, it's one of these things where, like, Girardi, I think, took out Sabathia maybe too early. I know how good that bullpen has been, but the Astros, we know it. They've struggled with lefties all year long that has been their nemesis that's their albatross it's- I don't want to dampen anybody's enthusiasm here but the Dodgers have a lot of lefties of course so uh, I think they're a little bit different here in the postseason and uh, in this experience against the Yankees will help them out a lot but uh, getting back to what you're saying there though yeah I mean CC Sabathia taking him out when they got the double play you were thinking well maybe that was a right move because George Springer I mean for whatever reason I was also thinking you're coming in, you know, he's coming in from out of the bullpen, Springer. Why? You don't even know. This is a game seven. You don't know if you're going to be wild, you know, swing at the first pitch there. At least see if, if the nerves get the best of him for the first couple of pitches right there. Grounds into the double play. I mean, Springer was just ready to hit. And, uh, I mean, fortunately for the Astros, they were able to kind of turn the tide and because they had a lot of men on base. And, and they were able to get those home runs first. Evan Gaddis, that turned out to be enough. Uh 
to win the game uh, with a shutout, but they also had, you know, Jose Altuve and then, of course, Brian McCann's big hit. And and we can't forget about that critical moment in the game when Greg Bird was coming around to score Bregman split second. I mean, those are the type of things. That's how you win championships. A couple of defensive plays again tonight uh, after with this game seven. And it's Bregman making that throw to McCann and McCann catching it perfect right there, placing the tag on Bird. I mean, that just changes everything because you you all of a sudden the Yankees are going to have a run. You don't know how things are going to go from there. And that changes the complexion of the game. And then also, again, Springer with a, a great catch. He did it in Justin Verlander game when Todd Todd Frazier hit the deep ball. And again, he comes up with a, a, a great defensive catch in the game over Marwin Gonzalez. The two of them couldn't hear in there. But that was those are the type of things. I mean, if you make errors or something happens in a game seven, it can be, I mean, you know, look back at the Astros with Carlos Correa when he made that unfortunate error against the Kansas City Royals. It just opens a floodgate. Or you look at with the Alex Gonzalez and the Moises Alou in the 2003 National League Championship, it opens a floodgate. So you don't know guys colliding uh, or, you know, some kind of crazy thing happens where the ball gets by while, you know, the runners advance and then the pitcher has more pressure. It's just game sevens can just switch on a dime and though that Bregman defensive play is one of the the highlights of the series yeah let, let me get into Bregman for a little bit because as I said on Twitter Bregman has no fear I have watched him this entire postseason you do not see him even wince or think about uh anything else except I'm gonna make the play I'm gonna do something great his defense has been extraordinary throughout the playoffs. We we have to go back to a moment that we some people might have wondered, what are the Astros doing? They had Carlos Correa. He looked on the verge of greatness as he was zipping his way through the minor leagues. And and then he gets up to the big leagues. And, and, and so you had a shortstop, it looked like, for years and years to come, which is the truth. But Jeff Luno said, no, the best player on the board this year is Alex Bregman. And remember, there would have been no Alex Bregman if that strange situation where the Astros drafted Corey Aiken and then they couldn't sign him. And then, you know, his career was basically done or or, I'm sorry, Brady Aiken, his career was basically done after that. So the next year they get the second pick with that selection, they take Alex Bregman because of no Brady Aiken. And so there's all these dominoes that have to happen in baseball. There's so many things that almost have to go a certain way. And, 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 Alex Bregman was one of those things. Brian McCann, let's remember, thank you, New York Yankees, RG, because they're helping pay his salary. Thank you for making that deal because I would much rather have had Brian McCann and what he did defensively, not to mention his two-run double in this game, over Gary Sanchez, who made three poor plays at home plate. He couldn't catch the ball. Well, Gary Sanchez, I mean, and John Smoltz has mentioned this many times on the broadcast. He's been there for his offense. He's a great offensive player. He's still he's got a great arm. He throws out a lot of runners. Yeah, he does have problems, you know, catching the ball sometimes, as you remember, with that defensively. But overall, he's going to be he's like Jorge Posada was not a very good defensive catcher. He got better with time. Gary Sanchez is still young. Yes. But right now, I mean, Brian McCann. He's been a godsend for the Houston Astros. But I wanted to get back to something else that you were saying about Bregman earlier, because these are the like little things that can happen. Remember how the Astros were slammed in the offseason, too, for 
Well, how can you not consider trading Alex Bregman? You can get a Chris Sale if you just include Alex Bregman in the trade. Jeff Luno made Alex Bregman hand, you know, hands off Alex Bregman. He's not going to be traded. He's going to be a big part of the team that, that following year. But a lot of people were like, well, you can add Chris Sale, and you already have a, a third baseman that you could have over there, and, and Yuli Gurriel, and first base, you could put in somebody else there. It's like, why don't you go out? And this is a reason why. You saw it with Alex Bregman, defense he plays. He had the clutch home run against Chris Sale, and he's still on the roster. And plus, it opened up the way to get Justin Verlander when they were able to trade prospects and not as highly thought of. I mean, there's still great prospects that were traded to Detroit, uh, some of the Astros' top prospects, but it, it's not Alex Bregman, uh, you know, not Kyle Tucker, that type of prospect. But, I mean, still, they they had to deal some of their top prospects. But it just like you said, these little things that happen, these little moves, and they have repercussions. And it, we're very fortunate to have Alex Bregman uh, in Houston. And And then also one other thing I wanted to address with you, uh, when you were mentioning, too, about A.J. Hinch and and going with Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers, I couldn't agree with you more about tonight. Cause, and I think it shows a maturation process with A.J. Hinch when you, you're talking about the difference with jo, uh, Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi has a better bullpen. So, I mean, he he can remove C.C. Sabathia if he sees some things. C.C. Sabathia is a big game pitcher. But, I mean, the Yankees have the best bullpen, arguably, in baseball when you start thinking con and Robertson they could go two with a Rawlis Chapman so and they could even bring in Sonny Gray again who had, had pitched well against the Astros early he was a, a, a starter who was eligible to come into the game in a game seven but what I liked about A.J. Hinch is that he learned from that game that we all criticized him about in game four where it was 81 pitches with Lance McCullers and first thing the home run bases cleared by Aaron Judge who'd been destroying Astros pitching in the Bronx you know he lifts them, and then the Astros blow the lead. Well, he decides, okay, I'm going five innings with Charlie Morton, you know, and then puts in Lance McCullers and lets him, like you said, finish the game, finish what he started. And if somebody else had come in there, like, I mean, I again, they're going to Astros are still going to need, you know, that potentially Chris Davinsky. Uh, they're going to need a Joe Musgrove or a, even, of course, Ken Giles is going to be closing some games in the World Series, or at least have the opportunity to pitch in the ninth. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I mean, they're going to have these guys pitching in the World Series. But, I mean, I just like the fact that he used his eyes, he used his gut, wasn't always going to the analytics and the, oh, the second time through the order, through Lance McCullers and facing his battery. He was just saying, this guy's got a great curveball. Guy, you know, he's got the fastball, too, if he needs it. You know, just let him go and ride it out. And he closed out the game. And, and now the Astros have a pennant, and we're all excited in Houston. I want to go back to another incredible story from this game, and, there, and there's so many, but just want to talk about Evan Gaddis for a little bit, RG. Uh, for those of you in, in life, if you felt like giving up, 10 years ago, Astros DH Evan Gaddis was in a mental hospital. He was depressed. He said, quote, all I could think about was killing myself. After his parents' divorce, he started abusing alcohol and marijuana his senior year of high school. He accepted a scholarship to Texas A&M and then never showed up. He spent three months in a halfway house in Canton, Texas. He spent the next three years working as a car valet, a ski lift operator, a pizza cook, a housekeeper, a golf cart attendant, and a janitor. He wouldn't have gotten his shot in the bigs, a lot of people don't remember this, if Brian McCann wouldn't have gotten hurt 
in Atlanta. So that was how he made it to the big leagues and stayed there. Today, as we're recording this, he hits a home run, the deciding home run, in Game 7 of the American League Championship against the New York Yankees. And Tuesday, he plays in the World Series. So for those of you who are out there, don't give up. And congratulations, RG, to Evan Gaddis. I thought you were Casey Kasem there for a minute reading. Are you going to like dedicate a song right now, too? Now it's Duran Duran. <laughs> Sounds like you're reading something. It's American Top 40, and it's Casey Kasem there. But that's the true story. You know, no, I know. It's a great story. If you, don't, if, you, if you don't know this story, if you forgot this story, let's not forget what this guy went through. Let's not forget that. I mean— these the Astros are so much fun to root for because they have these incredible stories of how they got there. Carlos Correa, when he was, I think, what was it, eight years old, RG, he told his parents, Give me I want to be able to speak English now. Put me in English classes. I need to speak English because I'm gonna be a major league baseball player. And now Carlos Correa is playing in the World Series after beating his childhood heroes team the New York Yankees in the American League Championship. You can't you can't beat this stuff. No, they're great stories all around for the Astros there. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Evan Gaddis, what he had to overcome and all the different jobs that he had to take and, you know, even completely giving up on a sports professional career, then going and uh, going to a community college, basically, and starting to play again and getting drafted. And I mean, it's a yeah, I mean, his 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 story could be a movie. And then you have, like what you said, Carlos Correa or Jose Altuve as a 16-year-old. Uh, you know, this small kid shows up at, at uh, the Venezuelan camp for the Astros to try out. And they basically say, oh, come back tomorrow when you can prove that you can actually uh, play or, you know, show ID that, you know, you're, you're actually as old as you say you are. And then he comes back the next day, gets to play, and the Astros sign him to a contract, and the rest is history. And he may turn out to be... Yeah, arguably the greatest Astro ever. I mean, if we just look at this right now, what Jose Altuve has got three batting titles in four years. Okay. I mean, after the Astros had never won any in their history and you know, all the milestones that he's already started to accrue, but what he did has done this postseason, the three home run game against the Red Sox. Then if not for Justin Verlander, who got the MVP, it would have been Jose Altuve gets the you know, crucial hits in, in many of the games at home the guy is just a spark plug. Even in the game that they lost in the Bronx, remember it was Altuve coming around to score there with that excitement crossing home plate. And, uh, you know, the Astros ended up losing that game, but Altuve was at the center of it all there uh, if they had won it. And uh, so, I mean, you still have the, the Jose Altuve, great story. I mean, there's, it's like you said, so many great stories up and down the lineup and why people are attached to this team, why people are excited about this team. And uh, I mean, we were just really fortunate to watch a lot of great baseball. And I, again, I, I really, you know, I really have to say hats off to the Astros because a lot of us who are while watching this team, I mean, just being natural Houston fans, you know, as soon as the Yankees went up 3-2 in the Bronx, when they came that, that game five and they beat Dallas Keuchel, who Dallas Keuchel had been, you know, the Yankees, that was their kryptonite. OK, they they weren't able to hit Dallas Keuchel. He had one of the best postseason ERAs. I mean, he still does even after that game. But I mean, he had been extraordinary and they beat Dallas Keuchel finally. So that was like, you know, hey, curse of the Billy Goat type thing. They lift that off their shoulders. The Bronx Bombers are back. Oh, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers and, and Bronx Bombers, you know, rematch of classic World Series past. And 
All of a sudden, the Astros come home. Justin Berlander again. It makes that start, turns the tide, turns the momentum, gets it to a game seven, and the Astros somehow come up with this four to nothing victory. Another pennant. I mean, that's why we're so excited. That's why we're running out in the streets tonight. That's why everybody is celebrating. And it'll be this way through the weekend. And we'll be able to talk about a little bit about the World Series on this show, but we'll do a more in-depth show, uh, World Series preview with the Los Angeles Dodgers. But right now, I want to kind of just soak it in and say, hey, congratulations, Houston Astros. You're a great story. We're all excited. We're behind you. And from the very first pitch of the season, I mean, they took off and they showed resiliency, too. And this is what championship teams do. And this is why I feel good about the Astros, too. They were down three to two and they came back and won in seven. And, you know, again, a lot of a lot of people gave up on the Astros and figured the Yankees would be in the World Series. And so this is something as great as the Dodgers have been this season. This is something they haven't shown. They had it against Arizona. They swept them. And against the Cubs, they went up three to nothing. So they were never really in peril. They haven't had, you know, throughout the season to have these kind of games. They've not been in elimination game. The Astros have played two elimination games right now. And believe me, once you've played some of these, you get the butterflies out. It's always going to be nerve wracking, but at least the Astros can draw on these experiences now. And I think that's good. Yeah. And sometimes you, you hope that karma matters in sports. And, you know, one of the things that I heard about that just uh, broke my heart was uh, Bill Brown of course, former Astros broadcaster, friend of the show, said on uh, made a Facebook post and said, you know, quote, he said, really sad to hear the stories from Astros fans and wives of coaches and players who attended the games at Yankee Stadium. There was beer poured on them. They were spit on. Epithets were yelled at them. Security people did not much did not do much to limit it. People yelled at them that they hoped their homes were flooded. And, uh, you know, I just I, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't understand that. I don't understand a fan base like that. I wouldn't cast disparaging. I've been to Yankees games in in the past and, and been to game in the Bronx, old Yankee Stadium. And and the fans are really knowledgeable, and there are a lot of good ones too. So let's not like the bad apples and, and the crazy ones. I mean, even out in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium, there are those unfortunate thugs. That but beat but up it's, sad that, it's, it's sad that security, you know, did nothing about that. And I don't think that would I, I don't think that would happen in Houston personally. And I no, I mean, yeah, you know, and, and, and I and I just, you know, I don't think we I don't think that's how we have fans. You know, I was you know, I, I kind of saw this stuff a little bit on Twitter when I was on Twitter uh, during game seven and some of the stuff that, you know, Yankees people were saying. And it's just, you know, you just you don't hear that. So that's not. The way Astros fans typically behave, and and it's it's one of the reasons that you know I just really like being an Astros fan because you know we're taught you know it's kind of everybody made fun of Drake McLean for this the root for the good guys, but that's been the history of the Astros. It's been good guys. You know the ones that haven't been good typically they've gotten rid of, except for maybe like a, uh, what, what's his name the pitcher uh, Brett uh, whatever. But yeah, I mean most of the guys that you know the Astros ninety nine percent of the Astros that you've had over the years. Are, are great people, but RG, one thing we also got to talk about is, uh, you know, they needed, the Astros needed some guys to step up besides Altuve and Correa and Verlander and Keuchel. And obviously we talked about the pitchers stepping up and Evan Gaddis and Brian McCann, but we didn't get a chance to talk about this game six, George Springer, who hasn't done much at the plate made one of the plays of this. There, there might be no game seven if, if George Springer doesn't make that catch 
in, in, in the outfield at the fence, jumping up against the fence. And again, in game seven, even though Marwin might have had it all the way, I don't know, but he made another uh, fantastic catch jumping up against the wall. And that's the great thing about watching this Astros team is you looked fundamentally, there just wasn't holes in the Astros defense. I mean, it was, just, it was, it was almost impossible to find an Astro player defensively that was doing things that you were going, oh, well, that's not good. That could cost us. It didn't happen, and hopefully— Well, I, there was one game, and that was when Evan Gaddis was at catcher instead of McCann. <laughs> well, yeah, and we, and as we said, that should it should have never came to that to be— And that's not—yeah, they pretty much—yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen again. But you're right, I, the Astros defensively, and that's one of the things. I mean, you always have to talk about with baseball, I mean, saving runs. The times they've saved runs in this series, it's—yeah, uh, like you said, the— that time that uh, you know they were able to make Marwin Gonzalez throwing out runner at home, and then uh, what they were able to do with George Springer and his amazing catches in Game Six and Game Seven, and what Alex Bregman was able to do with that throw to the plate, or Jose Altuve's diving stabs, uh, and you really just have to credit the Astros because you just, especially in the postseason, you don't want to have errors, you don't want to give team's additional outs that's the one thing you really want to avoid because it puts more pressure on a pitcher a pitching staff oh my gosh I've got to go out and get an additional out and every pitch is magnified in the postseason so yeah that's definitely something you know uh, you have to give credit to the Astros and the way they play defense RG Frank Thomas Fox Sports says I'm starting to believe the Astros are the team of destiny this year how about that <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out in Hollywood that are thinking the same thing about the Los Angeles Dodgers because of their their you know miraculous run through the middle of the season when they won all those games and coasted to it and you know finally uh, won a, a league championship series after almost 30 years. And I, of course, we're partial. We think that the Astros are are gonna, they are a team of destiny and beating again beating the Red Sox beating the Yankees there are no two greater teams in the national excuse me the American League that you would want to get by than the Red Sox and the Yankees they are the baseball royalty in the American League and to to beat both of them on your way to a potential championship and playing the Los Angeles Dodgers in a World Series I mean this is classic baseball and your Houston Astros are in it. And uh, I, I just kind of laughed because I remember that back in the years, when even the, like Larry Durker was talking about it. Well, it would be nice if the Astros went to a World Series and they were able to play the Yankees or the Red Sox. You know, I mean, it was it was kind of he always wanted to have it against that traditional great opponent. And the Astros have beaten the traditional great opponents, baseball royalty. And now they're getting that with the Dodgers. And it should be a, a classic, hopefully a classic World Series where the Astros come out on top. Uh, but I also wanted to bring up another player that we really haven't mentioned too much. That I, I I think that this guy is just so solid in the lineup, a professional hitter. He was a great hitter during the season. Uh, and Yulieski Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel just always, I mean, he just always seems to have good at bats. He he hits the ball sharply and, you know, he gets on base. And, and, and I really felt like, I mean, he was robbed by Aaron Judge. That was potentially a home run off of CC Sabathia. And uh, he was just able to really, you know, when you needed key hits a lot of times, uh, he had that bases clearing, of course, double in, in, our, uh, in, in game 
game four that the Astros ended up losing, but he had some other key hits throughout the series. But he was able to add protection to Carlos Correa when other members of the lineup were struggling. Altuve, Correa, Gurriel. I mean, that's a powerful three, four, five right there. And, you know, he, he just always is somebody that gives you a good at bat. It, he really is. Uh, and he's played in these kind of games. And he's a legend in Cuba, of course. And he's another great story. He's a, here's a guy who's a 33-year-old rookie who's from Cuba and, you know, having to come over and play with the Houston Astros in his 30s because he's de- denied the opportunity to play Major League Baseball being in Cuba all those years and finally gets over and really is a solid veteran presence on the club. And another couple of guys, like you said, McCann, finally, after all these years making a World Series, he played with the Braves. And, uh, and of course, he had that, uh, you know, I remember in the night 2005, it was like, oh, McCann hitting a home run off of Roger Clemens and stuff. And he was always kind of that 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 nemesis going up against when he was with the Braves and the Astros. But you no, know, having him on his team on the team now and in that that post team meeting with Carlos Beltran. And Brian McCann, whatever they said after game five, and then Justin Verlander picking up the ball, these guys are veterans. They're three veterans. Whatever they, you know, they basically, two of them, you know, with the closed door clubhouse meeting, you know, addressed the team and said, we're still a great team. We can do it. You know, it kind of reminds me of Hunter Pence uh, a few years ago when the Giants won the championship. It's come on. Th- th- we're down to out of the, the Reds, but I know we're the better team. We can win. Oh, Giants ultimately won a championship. And it's like, hey, guys, McCann and, and, and Beltran said, you know, this team can win. You're still we're still really good. We're going home. We have two games at home. We do that. We win an AL pennant. And then Justin Verlander picks up the ball. Seven shutout innings. The guy is just so dominant in the postseason he, 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 with his starts and elimination games. He's got a microscopic ERA. I mean, it's it's just incredible. And again, that's why we're all I don't know late. who you're talking about. You're talking about a, Wait a second. Is this Kate Upton's husband? Are you talking about Kate Upton's husband? Hey, there it is. Kate Upton. Yeah, I had, I, yeah, I had to get that in there somewhere. But before you go on about Justin, because I was going to get to him, but just right. remember about you, Lee. I mean, people might forget this, but there was a contingent out there that thought the only reason the Astros were signing him was to get his little brother. I mean, and he went, <laughs> remember and he that went to Toronto and he went to Toronto. He signed with Toronto. Yeah. So that, you know, and that you talk about a guy that I, I, I have the utmost faith in because boy, he makes hard contact. And, and you talked about him getting robbed by Aaron judge with the home run. That was a great catch. That was a great catch. Don't forget that Aaron judge if he didn't have the year he had, which was like this crazy year for, you know, a rookie that Yuli Gurriel would have been in the rookie of the year conversation in the American league. Yeah. But Aaron judge ran away with that. And yeah, that, but you're right. Yuli Gurriel definitely would have been in that. And his hair too is at least rookie of the year candidate worthy. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the, the hair was something. Everybody's and- going to be wearing those. Like they have the Keichel beards. They got to make the, the Yuli hair, the troll hair that you have that everybody can wear to the ballpark. <laughs> what, one thing that we got to talk about, and I, I can't remember if we've mentioned this yet, but the, the crowd and, and Evan Gaddis made specific reference to it. He said it was so incredible to hear the crowd yelling Charlie Morton's name at the beginning of that game. And he said, he felt like, that gave Charlie a lot of confidence. You know, it, this is a guy that, you know, in, in the biggest situation in his career. And I just thought it was really interesting that Gaddis said that. I mean, just, you, I'm not there. I'm not at the stadium. But 
the crowd from everything that you hear was just absolutely nuts the entire game. And Joe Buck mentioned it more times uh, than not. You know, I mean, more, a bunch of times, I should say. Yeah, and before the series even started or the postseason even started, Dallas Keuchel was telling some of the Astros that weren't on the playoff team in 2015, and he said, look, this place is going to be packed. It's going to sound like 90,000 or at Minute Maid Park. And it's going to be interesting now because before, remember the 2005 World Series, the Astros were mandated to open the roof if it was good weather. I don't know the weather forecast in Houston for next weekend when the World Series games will be in the Houston area, but uh, I think that's a decision of Major League Baseball. Obviously, for the Astros, they want the roof closed. It's noisier. It's a better home field advantage. But just like in the World Series in the previous time, if it's at all like a cool October uh, evening with clear skies that Major League Baseball has that decision as to whether or not the roof is open. But yeah, the crowd was absolutely great. And it kind of, you know, New York, everybody talked about New York and the great atmosphere in the Bronx and Yankee Stadium. And that is a tough place to play. I mean, I was just looking at that. You watching that the Bronx is shaking and Yankee Stadium and the way that their young players get really amped up in that environment. And again, credit the Houston fans came out, were just as intense and, you know, rocking the stadium and and just loud stood for the entire game. And that's what you have to do. And, you know, supporting your team. And it's just great for the city of Houston to again, win an AL pennant. When you saw that ball, you know, I was counting down the outs. It was like a countdown for, you know, a, a rocket launch. It was 12, 11, 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then George Springer catching it. And, you know, jumping up and down, that's going to be indelibly imprinted. Hopefully there's one more with a World Series title. But at least, you know, for years we've seen the Jason Lane catching it. The Astros win a pennant uh, over the Cardinals. Now at least over the Yankees, our first American League pennant. Very exciting times in Houston. Hey, got to mention, RG, do you remember this? Evan Drellick, our, our, our friend of the show, has done the podcast with us 20-something times, former Astros beat writer, covers the Red Sox up in Boston now. He predicted before the season started, that the Astros would be in the World Series. So nice job, Evan. Well, go, go back and listen. I said the same. Th- we both said the same thing, Astros and Mets. when well, we were wrong on one side of the team. But <laughs> I did have the Dodgers winning the division and getting into the playoffs. <laughs> so you, you pred- I forget, you predicted the Astros then. I, I, I don't want to say anything, knock on wood and all that. Nah, down by seven, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, wait, now it's, it's, you know, it's over with. You're right. It's, there's nothing. Well, at least for the for the pennant part so um yeah yeah, yeah getting yeah, to yeah we're talking about the we're talking about the pennant here so right uh, yeah a, a, absolutely incredible night I, I don't i don't know if there was was there anything that you wanted to wrap up with before we close things out let's give a little bit of a preview we're going to be doing a show with the los angeles dodgers and astro houston astros world series preview maybe even get on a guest for that so stay tuned for that uh, but I, I just want to talk a little bit about a, first of all, I think the Astros had a, a great opponent in the Yankees. I know a lot of people right now, ah, Yankee fans and Yankees, and I don't want to talk about them anymore. But, I mean, to take them seven games, I mean, the Astros were up 2 nothing. Uh, this lineup was very tough to face. I mean, just top to bottom, there was no breather in that lineup. You know, you're going up against, okay, you've got to face, like, Brett Gardner and then Aaron Judge, AL the other AL MVP candidate besides Altuve that, you know, D.D. Gregorius, who hit the two home runs against Cleveland off of Kluber and uh, yeah, in the 
deciding game there. Then you got Gary Sanchez and all his home runs and, you know, Todd Frazier, how he's been an Astros killer and doing stuff. And Greg Bird, the way that bats. I mean, I don't want to go on about the Yankees. This is about the Astros tonight and all of that. But I really feel that they having a tough opponent that you got to go nail to nail with or head to head with there in a seven game series. You know, the Astros were better than the Red Sox. They really showed that. But the Astros, you know, against the Yankees, I mean, that it was a pretty much even battle. And this might be a, 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 a foreshadowing years to come because both these clubs are young, have a young core. They're great teams. And I think that when you have a team like this, it's like the old Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco uh, 49ers. It's like when you're battling against these type of tough, they, they really toughen you up. And I think ultimately – Going the distance with the Yankees here, having to face their tough, you know, tough team, tough lineup, and, and, and as well as a very tough pitching staff, give their starters credit. And the Astros finally broke through against their bullpen and everything. But this is really going to help them out in the World Series. I, I, I just feel like these are the type when they, you go through the meat grinder and you play a very tough opponent and you come out on top. Uh, I mean, it, it just gives you even more confidence. And if they do have their backs to the wall again, we saw this with the Rockets in 1994, 95, you have the backs against the wall. You can say, we beat a really good Yankees club. You know, we beat a Boston club. We had our backs to the wall. Everybody had given up on us. It was game six and seven back in Houston. Well, you know, the Astros uh, were able to do it. And I, I just want to say again, congratulations, Houston Astros. And go over a little bit about the Dodgers because I'm assuming. Well, let's 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 preview that. We'll save the, save the go over the the Dodgers stuff. Well, no, right I mean we we will a little bit, but I just want to I just want to say at least here for the beginning of the game, I'm assuming that it's going to be Keuchel because he'll be on his first full res. I, AJ Hinch hasn't announced that yet as we're recording, and then Justin Verlander for Game Two. So those would be your first two pitchers. I think that's another important thing that happened with the Game Seven tonight. Right, Keuchel, right. remember was slated to be in the bullpen. Well, if he has to go and pitch, well then he pitched last Thursday. Uh, or excuse me, last Wednesday. He pitched last Wednesday. He would have had to pitch an inning or two uh, on a Saturday night game seven, all that emotion, and then come back and start with only two days rest. I mean, this is great because Keuchel gets his full four days. He's ready for game one of the World Series. And then game two of the World Series, Justin Verlander's on full rest too because you didn't know if he was going to have to maybe come in for an inning or two outs. Or I mean, A.J. Hinch was leaving everything open. So I think that's important and you know, again, going against the Dodgers, we'll have a, a preview show on that. And uh, just want to say this is a celebratory po- podcast right now. Congratulations, Houston. Everybody going nuts. Get on Instagram, Facebook. Enjoy it. Go out. Be safe. Be responsible. But this doesn't happen very often. We haven't had these pennant winning moments. It's only two times in Houston history. And, uh, you know, now we're back in a title game championship. So just enjoy it. Yeah, you could tell RG's not used to to winning a whole lot by that whole diatribe. I don't know where I don't even know where he was going with that one, but Francisco Liriano, he's still fresh. And RG, please tell me we're going to have some uh, Houston celebs out there for this one. Renee Zellweger, Jim Parsons. I mean, we got to get somebody out there. Well, we got Kate Upton. That's the most important thing now, right? She's the she's your face of the franchise now. Besides that. <laughs> Jose Altuve, uh, Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander, now Kate Upton's part of the roster. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, well, who knows who'd be out there donning Astros jerseys and everything. We we know that our uh, former president George Herbert Walker Bush and his wife are always big Astro fans, and 
uh, have been at the games and in the past, uh, but I don't know with his health right now, uh, be able to come out and attend the games, but he's always been a, a huge Houston Astros supporter. Then, like you said, it, I'm, I'm sure that there are, you know, some others. And I know you've wanted to see Beyonce don an Astros cap. And so yeah, <laughs> maybe she'll that, do that too. If she wasn't going to come, if she didn't come to the New York game, she's not coming to, to Los Angeles game. She's and just Matthew He's had Astros stuff in the past asked julia morales about the fanny pack so yeah uh, maybe, when- maybe dennis quaid but he lives in austin he should have been here for the for these games and i i didn't see any sightings uh, of him but uh hey, but the astros have had uh, i saw that uh, clyde drexler was at the game they've had james harden chris paul so a lot of athletes jj watt's been tweeting about the astros so yeah of uh, course of course and that and that but that's gone on I, I'm just talking about, you know, the real celebrities because nobody nobody outside of Houston cares about those celebrities. They care about the 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 other celebrities. But I, I'm just kidding about that. I mean, I know we've got people out there, you know, that are names rooting for the Astros. But, you know, I just I want to see I want to see some actual celebrities like actual ones that people outside of sports and outside of Houston are familiar with. And, you know, it'd be great to see some of those out there. Well, I just want to close things off and remind everybody also check out my Locked On Texans podcast because uh, speaking of celebrities, Travis Johnson, uh, we had him on and, and remember him, the former Texans first round pick. He talks about toilet seats and locker rooms and J.J. Watt. <laughs> you got to listen to what we're talking about. But Andre Johnson, speaking of some of the great Houston players of the present and of the past. But Hey, you forgot one thing, though, in this whole Astros podcast. You forgot your Ric Flair woo. Are you going to do one of those before you get off the air here? Well, Ric Flair, I, I guess he he's supposedly said play ball. He, he was the, the guy there at the beginning of the game, right? I came out of the hospital. Remember, he was like at a near-death experience. And from what I understand, he was out there for game seven, right? Woo! You're going to do one of those? Yeah, I'm not, not, I'm not a big wrestling guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't have one of those in me. But last thing I want to say, remember... The Astros, four years ago, they lost 111 games. They were the worst team in baseball. They had the, maybe the three-year the three year stretch that was the worst in Major League Baseball history. And they just beat, once again, the Red Sox and the Yankees. And now they're playing the Dodgers with a chance to beat the three most storied franchises in Major League Baseball history. The top three payrolls. Little Houston, little 18th ranked than payroll Houston, the team that people had practically given up with on ga- ga- during game five. I think I had myself as well, but this team did it. They're in the World Series. Justin Verlander, oh my God, incredible, incredible performance. One of the great pitching performances that we've seen in postseason history. Same with Jose Altuve with what he did. Uh, Tuve was just remarkable, and the Astros are going to the World Series. Go!